Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. It is the Movie Zone. I'm Austin Horton, here with Johnny Lightfoot. Hi, Johnny. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm excited to be here today. You are? Yeah, of course. This Why? is the best hour uh, the, of my week. This is definitely the uh, best single hour of radio on radio. Yeah, I do see that from the Zone account. I know. I don't know who does that, but they're a genius. I think it's Ken Pomeroy is running our social media account for the Zone. Uh, but it's, I know it's not, I know it might be you. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Ken Palm, (laughs) uh, told DJ and PK last year that his favorite show on the station is the movie zone. Well, he's right. And KenPalm.com is never wrong. We need to have this show Monday through Friday for four hours. Uh, in fact, why don't we put it, uh, from 10 to two? No, I'm just kidding. How about two to six? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then we'll do it from six to seven Gordon's list. Whatever works, whatever, whatever works. Uh, but I, I'm serious. I love this part of the week here at the zone and, uh, it's, I love sports. I'm a big fan of sports. Hence I'm in sports radio. Sure. But the world's biggest pastime, the world's, uh, most in common hobby is movies. That's right. And everybody you talk to is a critic. Oh, man. Everyone has an opinion of yeah. a movie. And I love that. I love hearing all the different sides to the, the coin, so to speak. You know, it's uh, I think it's great because everyone can relate. Everyone likes movies and everyone likes different movies. And that's what makes it cool. Yeah. Some people like bad movies and I like good movies. Right. Right. <laughs> you like Disney movies. I really, really do. You are a Disney guy. I like animations that aren't. Uh, like, like little kid animations. I'm not. In, I, mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. that. But I really like the family Disney animation. So you're not like a Pokemon animation nope. guy. You are a Pixar animation guy. Pixar, Disney, DreamWorks. Yeah. Some Illuminations. Okay. Yeah. Are you a fan of the uh, the Groot series? The Groot series. Is it Groot? Groot. Yeah. The uh, with the minions. No, that's Gru. Gru, sorry, Gru. Groot, Groot is, is Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy. You can I see how Groot. that you can see how that could be confusing. <laughs> uh, I am not as big a fan of the Gru minion movies okay. as my wife and my daughter. Really? Okay. They both have them, all of them, memorized. So I bet they're excited for the new one coming out. Then they are ecstatic. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, in fact, the first year of our marriage, my wife and I were in a typical newlywed fight mm-hmm. about something. Really, I don't even remember something stupid. I'm sure. Uh, and she is a very happy-go-lucky, just float with the wind type person, and I'm a very plan to the teeth type person. Okay, sure, I get it. And so I was wanting her to be a little more structured with something, and she was wanting me to let go a little more with something. And she yelled at me. She said, "I just want to be a minion. Just let me have fun and run around." And I thought, okay, that's perfect. She wants to be a minion. And I want to be a general. I don't know what the hell else to put it. But that's, my wife loves the Minions and grew. My daughter loves the Minions and grew. And so I've, by osmosis, come to appreciate You have to like them. The I, I, I enjoy them. I kind of got a little fed up with the Despicable Me's and then all the spinoffs. Like, the first one's awesome. Yep. Second one's, okay. And it's kind of like the Hotel Transylvania. It's like the first oh, one was great, yeah. and then they just kind of went downhill from there. But I don't know. I, I still take my son to see see all of them, even though I call him Groot, but it's Groot. <laughs> and, uh, I am Groot, not Groot. <laughs> right. Yeah. My bad. My bad. But uh, the first Minions movie I was disappointed in. Really? Because oh, I yes, wanted yes, it, yes, the Minions. I wanted it to be uh, how they met Groot, 
and then the movie to be about that. I didn't want right. that to be the end of the movie. Right. But now this next one will be what I wanted the first one to be. I want to know how they became Twinkies. They're not Twinkies. They sure are Twinkies. No, we so learned this in the first <laughs> opening scene of the first Minions origin movie. Uh, millions of years ago. Twinkie uh, was invented this, by Hostess. This amoeba and this other ooze type organism got together and what came from that were was hostess yes <laughs> that's the stuff all right uh, we got a lot to talk about six new movies yes this week. we do three big ones that i'm really excited about i'm excited about one for sure we've got a sports related poll question of the week i know good job on that by the way that uh and that's because one of our new movies this week is a sports movie uh a soundtrack of the week that i'm going to be educated during because i don't know anything by this guy except now two songs. <laughs> right. So I'll be educated by by that, by Johnny Lightfoot, as all as you all will. Uh, one of the best comedians of all time. We'll go down his IMDb, IMDb page and tell you about his life. And a From the Archives that is, dare I say, out of this world. Oh, I see what you did there. Dare I say, out of this Looney Tunes world that very, we live in? Very, very monsters of it. Uh-huh. Yes, it's a monstarsity. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but in any case, we do need to start with the Movie Zone movie showdown from the past weekend. Okay, let's do it. Now, Disney's got a big new movie coming out this week. Yes, they do. Uh, and it's on Disney Plus for an extra fee. Of course. Or you can go and have the in-theater experience starting today. Go to the theater. Yeah, and that would be my recommendation as well. Uh, and it is Raya and the Last Dragon, which we'll talk more about in a moment. But that got me thinking for a showdown over the weekend, dragon movies. Ooh. And not just dragon movies, but family-friendly dragon movies. Okay. Uh, and so I put out not the live-action remake of last year, but the 1998 Disney animation Mulan. Yep. against How to Train Your Dragon from DreamWorks. Yep. And uh, I, I thought that this would be uh, an 80-20, maybe 70-30 win for... Oh, you thought it was going to be a landslide, I huh? thought that Mulan was going to run away with Oh, it. interesting. Uh, but no, 237 votes in the 24 hours for the poll, 43.5% went with Mulan, and the victor, How to Train Your Dragon, earned 477 percent of the vote yes nine percent of people said they'd never seen either movie and they just wanted to see the results of the poll so how to train your dragon wins at 48 percent yes to 44 percent for mulan and that is the correct answer is it yes it so, is and it's which is the better movie and you think that how to train your dragon is a better movie than 1998's mulan well as stated before i've never seen 1998's mulan i've only seen the oh, new version that. so uh yeah. so that's why for me it's the <laughs> how to train your dragon is the better movie you gotta see 1998's mulan you know, it's fantastic i, I know and, and look i want to see a disney movie i don't like the animated i want it to be a pixar disney movie that's what i want from disney these days so well without 1998's mulan you wouldn't have some of the technology that you love from today's Pixar's and Disney's. I know, They but utilized technology that had never been done before in that movie. I know, but <laughs> like Eddie Murphy. No, <laughs> so uh, I was surprised by the results, but uh, How to Train Your Dragon is a terrific movie as well. I'm not as big a fan as of the sequels. No, the sequel, no, again, it's it's the old it's the old cliche. The first one's always the best. It's usually the best. But um, going back to the, the Mulan, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that love that version. 
They love it even more than the live action version. Well, yeah, the live action version was not very but good. But I think this poll may be a result of back in the 90s versus a more newer movie. I see. So more people on Twitter grew up uh, more around How to Train Your Dragon than Mulan? I think so. That, I think if we so. looked at the age demographics of mm-hmm. these results, you would think How to Train Your Dragon, there were more younger people that voted for that. Yes. And more older people voted for Mulan. Monson would vote for Mulan. <laughs> and uh, let's see, who's the youngest one here now? <laughs> oh, gall. I think it's Jake Hatch might be the youngest. Oh, Eric Jensen. He's Eric. like 17 years That's old. That's right. So, yeah. er- so Eric would be the How to Train Your Dragon. Yep, yep. That's our demographic. I was thinking more day-to-day who's here every day. I think Jake Hatch and I are neck and neck. Oh wow! For youngest here, day to day, every day. I think I'm pulling the oldest. No, you're not. Close. You've met Gordon Monson, and you've met David D J James. Oh, uh, you're. I'm close. And, and PK. You've met Patrick Kinahan. I'm close. Uh, although P- PK is going to outlive all of us. Oh, just he on runs pure like 17 miles an hour. I was going to say just on pure anger. <laughs> just some pure pure vice <laughs> i'm kidding he's All a right. great guy uh so there you go how to train your dragon the winner of the movie's own movie showdown and with that let's get into this week's new movies let's do it let's start with raya and the last dragon uh i have paid the extra fee you did have this at home austin um but we're also going to the theater this weekend so you can do you can do both yep cool. i think we might we we our two-year-old has been to one movie in the theaters her in her whole life and it was on Christmas Eve. We rented out the theater just for our family. Yes. And she and, just ran wild. And I tell you, you ever since you've told me that, I've been jealous and I want to do it. Well, you can still call Megaplex up and uh, yep. re- re- reserve a theater for yourself. By the way, did you hear about the news at the Gateway Megaplex? No. What's going on? They're turning the Gateway Megaplex theater into a luxury signature theater like up in Cottonwood. Really? Yeah. So it's going to be all reclining seats, all leather, nice. all power. It's going to be amazing. That's awesome. Uh, so Raya and the Last Dragon, rated PG, starring Kelly Marie Tran, the girl that got done wrong by Star Wars, Aquafina, the most annoying, obnoxious <laughs> you don't person like her? in Hollywood, really, other than Anakin. Did her show get canceled? She had a show. Yeah, Aquafina had her yeah. own show. I don't know. Must have. And, and Don Hall. Long ago, in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony. But when sinister monsters known as the Droon threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior, Rhea, to track down the last dragon in order to finally stop the Droon for good. Of course, along the, the way, there's hilarity and follies and peril. Mm, of course. This is going to be a fantastic movie. There's no doubt in my being. Now, this is Disney this animation, be right? This is not Pixar. This is not anything. This is, this is straight up Disney animation. From the same people that made Moana. Okay. Right down to the animated figures uh, or people, they, they look pretty much the same shape yep. as the characters in Moana. Okay. Their eyes, their heads, everything. Now, I've seen, I've seen some memes out there of Rhea, I'm assuming, where she, they've put, like, she carries a sword. Okay. I've seen them put, like, a lightsaber in her hands. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not that Ray. I know, it's but Ray, I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> now, Kelly Marie Tran, I mentioned, was done wrong by the Star Wars people. Yes. Her character was just kind of forgotten after the first uh, one of this last trilogy. Yep. So I like that they're putting uh, a lightsaber in Rhea's hand, because that is Kelly. <laughs> she plays Rhea. Aquafina as the last dragon. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
I don't like Aquafina a lot, but I think that the movie overall will win me over. So that tells me if Aquafina is going to be the dragon, it's going to be a comedic dragon. Oh yeah, there's very much a a flavor of Mushu done by uh, Eddie Murphy yep. in mm-hmm. the 1998 Mulan. Yes, this is very. This is a very similar movie. Honestly, do you know what this is? This is that Mulan meets Emperor's New Groove. Okay, I think it's going to have some fun comedic writing. And, and performances, but it's going to have the mystery and uh, lore that Mulan brought to us. Okay. I, I, could, I could dig this. I will definitely see this. I'm def- for sure taking my son to see this. And make sure you go to the theater. Have oh, absolutely. The theater. We don't want to buy it on Disney Plus, do we, Austin? Well, I, I have a two-year-old, <laughs> and we're sick of watching Twirly Woos. That's a real show, by what? the way. Twirly Woos? Yeah. Don't check it out. It's okay. terrible. All right. And we're sick of watching the, the Minions on loop. We need a new show to put her down in front of and give us okay. an hour and a half of sleep. All right. That, no, you're right. You're right. That's fair. So That's we're fair. going to the theater, but we're also going to have it uh, on rewatch at home. Well, the next movie up is Chaos Walking, which is a rated PG-13 adventure sci-fi. And this is what happens when Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars. They put some of the same people in the movie from both of those. They put Tom Holland, obviously Spider-Man. Wait, is this a Disney movie? No, but uh, it might as well be with the characters that are in it. Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, obviously from Star Wars, is Ray. And what is it, Mads Mikkelsen? Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen. I love Mads Mikkelsen. His most recent film that was my favorite was Rogue One. He was the guy that designed the Death Star under uh, the knife, as it were, of the Empire. Yes. Well, this is a dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. Oh, my. So I could sit here, Austin, and be thinking something bad about you, and you could hear it and see it. I've always just assumed you were. No, no, I would (laughs) never do that. So no women... No women. Only men and, ca- and creatures. Yes. And, and we can hear each other's thoughts. We can hear each other's thoughts. I don't like this world. And then Daisy Ridley shows up. Wait, she is a woman. As the only woman on this planet. Uh-huh. So you could see where that would come into a bit of a, well, let's just call it a conundrum. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm guessing that Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley's characters team up. And perhaps there's underlying romance. I would assume that forms the in the trailer it hasn't really shown that. So that. You know, I'm doing the math here. More women can come back to the planet. Okay, this this just came to me, and I may be way off base. Remember Waterworld? <laughs> yes. Remember the little girl who had the map, and everyone <laughs> wanted wanted her for that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I have a feeling that this is going to kind of be the same with Daisy Ridley. I think oh, it's okay. going to be everyone's going to try and capture her, try to get you know get a hold of her somehow. Being the only woman, it's a rarity. Yes, I see. But I got to be honest, seeing the trailers, um, I'm excited about this. It's I think not this a be, horror movie. It's not a horror. It's an adventure sci-fi PG-13. Uh, and uh, we got some uh, uh, a re- not a recap, but a review from Larry to Sony mm-hmm. about Chaos Walking. He said he'd been anticipating it for a, while, a long time, and he's happy to say it did not disappoint. Good. The cast was outstanding. The special effects teams will surely be getting awards for this film, he believes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sci-fi western has a fairly typical first act storyline, but the setting in which it takes place is where it separates itself from other films within the genre overall. This was a very entertaining film, and I expect it to be one that helps us at Megaplex continue our way back out of this pandemic. And look, Larry knows movies. High hopes for this one. 
You what? He has high hopes. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. And 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 as I mentioned, Larry really knows movies. I mean, he is the film buyer, right, for Megaplex. Yes. And if he says it's good, I pretty much would believe that and go with it. And I, like I said, I'm excited to see it. I will be seeing it this weekend. And I like that he notes here too that it's a family friendly yep. PG-13. Yep. Uh, I'm thinking it will do extremely well here in the Utah and Salt Lake Valley markets yep. for that purpose. So look, a year ago next week was when everything hit the fan. Yeah. And March the 11th. Game. And, yep. And we've all been through it Yeah, since then. Take the family, gather up this weekend, go to the Megaplex Theater, wear your masks, socially distant while having some normalcy, yep. and celebrate that you made it through a year together Absolutely. while seeing a good, fun, adventure family film that's got some stuff in it so it's pg-13 this is gonna be fun and it's the perfect movie to like you said to take everybody out and go see so i can't i'm gonna i can't wait to see that one yeah chaos walking all right uh the third big one coming out this week and really i only say it's big because we're a sports station Mm -hmm. and this is a new sports movie but i had never heard of it until i read about it it's called boogie rated r starring Taylor Takahashi, Taylor Page, and Pamela Chi. From acclaimed writer, producer, and restaurateur, Eddie Huang, comes his directorial debut, Boogie, the coming-of-age story of Alfred Boogie Chin, a basketball phenom living in Queens, New York, who dreams of one day playing in the NBA. While his parents pressure him to focus on earning a scholarship to an elite college, Boogie must find a way to navigate a new girlfriend, high school, on-court rivals, and the burden of expectation. Have you ever seen Love and Basketball? I absolutely have, and I love that movie. Me too. There's a lot of people that think it's way too cheesy. Really? Yeah. It was artsy, I think, for the time it came out, but yeah. I didn't see cheese in it. Well, it was more of a love story than a sports story. Yes. It just so, had some basketball in it. Hence, Love got first billing, Love and Basketball. Right. Uh, but I think this will be a lesser-watched, lesser-known, underrated version of that. Lesser watched. I don't think a lot of people are going to see this movie. Interesting. Right away. Okay. But I think when it hits streaming services in mass, okay. I think a lot of people will pick this up and go, oh, you know what I watched last night? Boogie. And you should watch it. It was pretty good. So it's going to have that kind of like Empire Records effect where okay. not a lot of people saw it in the theater, but it got a lot of life once it came out, quote unquote, on DVD and VHS. This, however, nowadays yeah. streaming. Yeah. And more so, it, there's okay. really no one in this I've heard of. Sure. But watching the trailer, great performances, at least in that three and a half minutes. Now, so. you said less than Love and Basketball, and Love and Basketball didn't get a lot. It didn't do. But it was a Spike Lee joint. Of course it was. So. And so that that's kind of what saved it. But it didn't get a lot of play. Not at first. No, no. But now, it's yes. it's a top ten movie for me. Absolutely. I love Love and Basketball. It's so, amazing. So that, because it's a basketball movie, gets a little extra attention here on the, on the sports station. And coming up in segment two, Johnny, our poll question of the week Give us your most underrated sports movies. Ooh. Get on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny's at Johnny Lightfoot One. Station is at Zone Sports Net. Your most underrated sports movies. We'll get to your answers in segment two. But real quick, let's round it out with the, the uh, other three movies opening this week. Sure. Pixie is the next one. It's a rated R comedy crime thriller starring... Olivia Cook. And now is this Frey Fee? I don't know. Frothy? I don't know Frey Fee or Frothy. And Rory Brine. Okay. To avenge her mother's death, Pixie masterminds a heist but must flee across Ireland from gangsters and choose her own destiny. So is this 
an Irish movie, I get that vibe. Then I'll see it. Yeah, because I don't know. Uh, uh, there's a few accents that are more intriguing and more fun to listen to than Irish. Okay, you like it? Oh, I love Irish. So, are you were you a fan of uh, Brad Pitt's snatch yeah. accent? Yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah, we could barely understand him. And I could listen to Shirsa Ronan read the encyclopedia. Okay, she's she's got an amazing accent and voice. So, Pixie. It might be a terrible movie, but I'm going to see it just to hear Irish accents for two hours. I love it. My Salinger year, rated R drama starring Margaret Qualley, Sigourney Weaver, and Colm Fjord. Based on the best-selling memoir, a college grad takes a clerical job working for the literary agent of the renowned reclusive writer, J.D. Salinger. Catcher in the Rye, you're a fan or not? Did you ever read Catcher in the Rye? No, I never read it, but it really intrigues me. I I never got it. I don't yeah. understand why people love Salinger so much. It was really, really boring and dry and cynical. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't a lot of like serial type of people like have that in their collection? So you're you're wanting me to say on air uh-huh. that if you like Catcher in the Rye, you're more likely to be a serial killer? I'm not saying that. You said that. No, you want me to no, say that. Oh, no, you said that. <laughs> if I were an FBI profiler, I'd probably want to know if you have Catcher in the Rye at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That, you know, it's funny. That's kind of the truth, though. <laughs> uh, and then tell us about the last one. The Affair. It's a drama starring Hannah Alstrom. And what is, how do you say that last one, Jared? It's Klaus? I'm going to guess Clay's Clay's Bang. Bang. Yeah. Man. Leslie and her friend Hannah are linked by a lifelong relationship and an exceptional house built by architect Von <laughs> for Leslie and her husband Victor in Czechoslovakia in the early 1930s. All right. This eh. sounds like a movie my mom would like and I would hate. This sounds like a movie that'll be up for a best picture at some time <laughs> that uh, I'm not going to see until it gets that yeah, award yeah, nomination. Yeah, I see. That makes sense. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. All right, so to recap, the six movies opening, The Affair... Rated R drama. My Salinger Year rated R drama. Pixie, a rated R comedy crime thriller. Boogie, rated R drama about a coming-of-age basketball star. Chaos Walking, a PG-13 adventure sci-fi for the whole family. Whole family. Except maybe the littles. Yeah, they won't leave know. Leave them home. But a good return to the theaters a year later to go see Chaos Walking. And Raya and the Last Dragon, the latest Disney PG action-adventure animation about uh, young... Raya and the last dragon ever on Earth. This is a good lineup this week. It's a good lineup, for sure. Speaking of Boogie and that coming-of-age basketball story, coming up in segment two on the other side, we'll get your uh, responses, rather, to our inquiry, what are the most underrated sports movies? At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot 1, at Zone Sports Net to play along. We'll also get an actor profile, This Is Your Life, and Johnny will educate us with Soundtrack of the Week and a lesson in music history. It's up next here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 97.5-1280 The Zone. This is The Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton. Segment two starting right now. And Austin, this is a familiar song, yes? It's a familiar song that is, it haunts me. 
Does it haunt you? It gives me the willies. Does it make you think it, about Batman? No, it, no. I see. Why, why, no, it doesn't. It makes me think of nightmares. Really? Yeah. I don't know why it touches a part of my brain that it. It sounds like it's from a horror film. Okay. I can. No, you know, I. I can it's see the creepy. It's kind of dark and brooding. I can see the creepy. It's like a creepy love thing. I mean, it talks about graves. Johnny and roses. <laughs> so, tell us. And this is what I said in segment one. This is the only song I thought of that Seal had ever done. <laughs> then you reminded me of a few others. But yes, tell us why is Seal our soundtrack of the week, and what do we need to know about him? Well, Seal is our soundtrack of the week because this ties into our throwback movie, which is, if you haven't guessed, by the Monstars and the Looney Tunes. We're going to be talking about Space Jam, and of course, Seal had the song. What was it? Do you remember? Do you fly remember? like an eagle? There you go. It wasn't his song though. No, it was not his song. Was it the Steve Miller band? Yes, it was okay. a remake. Yeah. Well, Seal was born Henry Samuel on February nineteenth, nineteen sixty-three, in Paddington, London. His mother is Nigerian and his father is Brazilian. Hmm. Seal is a British singer-songwriter who has sold over twenty million records wow. worldwide. Wow. In two thousand six, he married model Heidi Klum. And they have four children and divorced in 2014, but still remain very, very close. It's kind of like a cohabitation now with her and Seal. Yeah, yeah. They I would, share a few houses with their kid, that he and her and their kids, and they come and go. It's like an open marriage that ended in divorce. That's right. That is right. He is a five-time Grammy winner and 11-time nominee for Grammys. And in the early years, Seal struggled as a musician. In fact, it took Seal some time to achieve a breakthrough. He was experimenting with the sound, but knew his demos were falling or failing to hit the mark. Mm -hmm. The record companies would all say the same thing. You've got an interesting voice, but I'm not quite sure what you are. <laughs> okay. Like what style of music they're referring to, which of course motivated him and by a friend to listen to such artists as Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Sly and the Family Stone to find his his sound. Doing his research, it helped him hit an epiphany. It became so apparent to me, this is a quote, it became so apparent to me why I couldn't get signed. He stopped writing music for one year. Hmm. Didn't write a song. And he says, I went out and bought everything those artists do and everything I could lay my hands on and they became my Bible. Film director Joe Schumacher uh, discovered the song Kiss from a Rose and loved it so much that he decided to use it in the Batman Forever in 1995. Mm. The song eventually made it into the movie's end credits and won many awards, including three Grammys in 1996. Now, Seal kind of falls into the uh, one-name artist and actors clubs, which include Sting, Cher, Madonna, and Predator. No, not Predator. You're wrong about that. Predator's one name. No, but it's not. No, they're not a musician. They're hardly a movie. He's an actor. Predator. Predator. He's an actor. <laughs> no, he's not. No? No. Oh. Well, he's, he's still a he's one name. Real. He's a one named actor, Predator. He's a shame is what he is. <laughs> and a sham. A shame and a sham. Look, Sil, Sil uh, you recently probably saw him on The Masked Singer. As the leopard. As the leopard. And I got to tell you, as soon as he sang one note, I knew who he was. That voice, really? that voice is unmistakable to me. I love Seal's work. I love his albums. I think he's just a genius when it comes to music. Do you know? And uh, people, uh, he's got a very distinct face. Yes. Do you know why? Of some scarring. What was the disease? -y? Lupus. 
It was lupus. It's lupus. Oh wow! And he's very open about it. It's not like we're we're talking smack on him here. He's very no. open. He's very open about it. And the lupus he had caused scarring on his face. And the one thing that he uh, at first he hated it, of course, right? Right. But uh, it's actually became something people have known him by. Yeah, and I think that a lot of kids and adolescents, especially, can see someone like him and and. Perhaps you don't like the way you look or you might have a deformity or whatever that, that keeps you down on yourself. And you can look at someone like Seal who owns it right. and rocks it and go, no, that this is who I am. And just because Vogue magazine may not think I'm the prettiest, right. my scars, my deformities, my these are mine and I'm me and therefore I'm awesome. It shows anyone can marry a supermodel. <laughs> and then later divorce her. And then later divorce her. But still have a cohabitation. You know, I just had a thought about this. Uh our, our throwback movie, Space Jam, came out in 1996. Yes. I didn't realize Batman Forever is older. Oh, you didn't? No. I, thought, I didn't realize it was that young, is what I was thinking. I, was, I thought Batman Forever was early, early 90s. It's, it's mid-90s. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible movie. Oh, yeah. It, that's the George Clooney one, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and Jim and Carrey. And O'Donnell. And yeah, and Carrey's in that, right? And Tommy Drew Lee Jones. Carrey? No, Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, 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 Jim Carrey. As the uh, Joker. Uh, no, as a Riddler. No, as Riddler. Riddler, yeah. He, and actually, he's pretty good, but the rest of the movie's regrettable. Yes. And it the, the, has like the, the, never mind. Yes. The, the, <laughs> the bat ends. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Seal is our lesson in music history and soundtrack of the week. Uh, and, you know, some of his other songs are a lot better than Kissed by a Rose. Oh, but that's his biggest hit. I tell you, um, I'm, I'm crazy. Is a crazy is a great song. You know, most of the songs on that album as Kiss from a Rose are better than Kiss, Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. But I'll bet that's what made his most made him the most money. It was Batman that made him it yeah. made him famous. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into some poll question responses. In segment three, we'll get back to why Johnny selected Seal for soundtrack of the week. Because we'll give you some facts and factoids about a Space Jam, mm. 1996. Uh, but right now, it's your time to shine at Austin Horton at Johnny Lightfoot One at Zone Sportsnet on Twitter. We asked you. Uh, what are some of the most underrated sports movies? If you missed it in segment one, uh, one of the new movies out this week is called Boogie, about a, a kid in high school who's trying to convince his parents to let him chase after his dream of being in the NBA rather than go to Harvard. Mm. Uh, and so what are some of the most underrated sports movies? Keel responded, and I don't know if he was joking or not, because this movie, in my opinion, is really bad. Okay. What is it? But then two people liked his tweet, so maybe he meant it. Okay, what, what, what movies are you talking about? Kicking and Screaming. Oh, with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, Robert Duvall. Yes. Didn't like it. It's definitely on the down throw of Will Ferrell's movies, you know, but uh, it was it was entertaining. Well, here's another Will Ferrell for you. Okay. That I don't like, but the rest of the world likes. T. Creer asks, does da Talladega Nights count as a sports movie? Absolutely, it does. And do you think it's underrated? I think it's Right. I think it's vastly overrated. Okay. Brandon says Hardball. Keanu Reeves. I've never seen it. Ooh. I've okay, never seen I hardball. can see that. I can see that. Now I like Matt Beckstead's answer. Bench warmers. It's you've got uh Rob Schneider, you've got mm -hmm. uh John Heater. Yep. You've got Molly Sims, you've got John Lovitz. Sounds like a Saturday Night Live cast. It's it's a really, really dumb, funny movie. Sure. Nick Swordsden's in Oh, it's terrifically bad. I love it. <laughs> Ryan says Blue Chips. I haven't seen Blue Chips. Uh, it's a, Is that it, football it movie? Be a it can be a tough movie. Football, times. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brad, for when you ask for most overrated sports movies, Hoosiers, 
To which Patrick said, yes, terrible movie. Also filled of dreams is awful. Mm. To which Chad sent in a gif of Jimmy Butler looking like, okay, whatever. And Chad is the winner here because Patrick and Brad, you're wrong. Those are both terrific movies. I was going to say, I have a hard time saying they're bad movies. They're they're older movies, so they're not like as filmed as well or and they're whatever. But slow. They're slow, but man. They're beautiful. I, Hoosiers is not a movie I'm going to put on like every day and watch and enjoy, but if it's on... I'll watch it. Yep, I'm with you. Same with Field of Dreams. Uh, Alex Lundberg says Space Jam. Okay. An underrated sports movie. Nice. AJ says The Sixth Man. Have you ever seen The no, Sixth I Man? No, I don't know that. It's loosely based on a true story of this basketball phenom uh, who his brother dies. Mm. And, well, the brother is the basketball phenom, if I'm remembering correctly, and he dies. And his younger brother then becomes a basketball phenom out of nowhere. And so they made a movie where the brother helps him as a ghost become this basketball Oh, I think I've seen this. Angels in the Outfield? No, no. Oh. It's very touching, though. I love the sixth man. Jason says The Rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid. That's right. I was going to say Kevin Costner, but it's Dennis Quaid. Hans Olsen says the answer is Vision Quest. (laughs) It's about a state champion wrestler, I suppose. Oh, I know this movie well, Austin. Uh, And then uh, I've never seen it. I know this movie. Why do you know this movie? Because I have the haircut. Of the main actor? Of one of the wrestlers in it. You got your haircut from him? No, I did. I decided to do it, and then I saw the movie. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So Johnny has a high school wrestler's haircut. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. All right. Coming up next, uh, we'll get into from the archives. But before we do, Johnny, strike up the orchestra. You, your guy, my guy, everyone's guy, who just lit the world on fire at the Emmys. Yeah. By the way, zooming in in a Hawaiian shirt with a martini or something. I love him. Bill Murray, this is your life. Johnny, tell me about Bill Murray. Bill Murray is a true treasure and beloved icon who has continually reinvented himself while somehow staying grounded and true to himself. Austin, here are some of the wackiest and most interesting facts about the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Murray. All right. (laughs) Born William James Murray, September 21, 1950. That makes him just about 70 years old Mm. in Evanston, Illinois. Thought I was going to go Wyoming there, didn't you? (laughs) He is the fifth of nine children. Nine? Nine. Good grief. And among his siblings, three of them are actors. We've talked about one of them a lot, Brian Doyle Murray. Yes. Then, of course, there's Joel Murray and John Murray. Never heard of Joel or John. Nope, but they're actors. Okay. Bill Murray enrolled in Regis College in Denver to study pre-med. Could you imagine Bill Murray as your doctor? He was not going to be a doctor, though. Nope, he studied pre-med. he didn't make it. <laughs> he dropped out after being, yes, arrested for, can you guess, marijuana possession. No way. Yes. He then joined the <laughs> National Lampoon Radio Hour with fellow members Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, who later became three of some of the original members of 1975 Saturday Night Live. And, of course, Bill Murray went on to star in several comedy movies, including 1979's Meatballs, 1980's Caddyshack, 81 Stripes, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in 84 and 89, Scrooged, What About Bob, Groundhog Day, just to name a few. The hmm. list goes on and on. And, of course, he starred in 2003's Lost in Translation, which earned him a Golden Globe and BAMFTA Award for Best Actor, as well as an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. Okay. Now, do not, and I warn you, do not try to take a selfie with Bill. Doesn't like it. 
When three people tried to snatch selfies with Murray while at a rooftop party in 2016, Bill Murray didn't appreciate it. He took his frustration out by grabbing the camera, which actually was their cell phones, and hurling them off the roof. Oh, jeez. When was this? 2016. So he's not as friendly and nice as he appears. No. Mm. Now, however, Bill Murray can bowl. Just like he when he played in uh, Kingpin, he played Ernie, Ernie McCracken. Yeah. He bowls a turkey, which for those who don't know, it's uh, three consecutive strikes. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray is a pro bowler. See what I did there? <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, all right. So to win a showdown wasn't a trick of editing. Bill Murray actually bowled three straight strikes. Really? Which led to the crowd responding with genuinely wild reaction that you saw on film. That's cool. He did that for real. And Bill Murray is Forrest Gump. He was going to play Forrest Gump. It's almost impossible, wouldn't you agree, to imagine anyone besides Tom Hanks playing Forrest Gump? Yeah. But it almost ended up being Mr. Murray. He wasn't a fan of the role and turned it down. (laughs) Wow. Whoops. All right, there you go. Bill Murray, one of the best. By far one of the best. I would love to meet him. Did you ever catch his skit? Um, It was in Saturday Night Live when he was doing the the lounge singer. Yeah. And he'd do all the theme songs. Star Wars. (laughs) Nothing but Star Wars. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) All right, but uh, but my favorite Bill Murray movie is still and always will be Zombieland. Zombieland (laughs) is brilliant. Even though it's, it's such a small role. Yep. But it makes the whole movie. All right, coming up next, we'll get into a Bill Murray movie. Yes, we will. Space Jam. Facts and unknown uh, facts or little known facts about uh, Space Jam. Wow, we're coming up on 25 years that of amazing? that movie. Unbelievable. And they're coming out with a sequel. We'll get into some facts and factoids about Space Jam as we wrap up the movie zone next. <laughs> You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone, the soundtrack of the week. This week's Lesson in Music History, Seal. Seal. This movie from, or excuse me, this song, a remake by Seal from the soundtrack of... Space Jam. Which is our subject in From the Archives this week. Johnny and I will give you some known or little known facts do you think, about Do you that think movie. this is the greatest live action slash animation movie? No. No? Live action? Well, yeah, there's real people in it and animation. No, that'd go to Mary Poppins. Really? Which was probably the first to ever do it. I thought you were going to say Peach Dragon. No, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, before we, uh, we get some, some facts and factoids from you, can I steal one right yeah, out of the gate? Yeah, of course. I love that they actually played golf and then they just filmed around Bill Murray. Uh, Jay, or, uh, uh, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird yeah, just out there playing a round of golf and uh, Bill Murray told an incredible story about that moment which I just misplaced oh here's here let's see uh, in some ways a game of golf set the stage for the entire film Jordan only meets bugs and joins the tunes world after he gets sucked down a golf hole yep. so it only makes sense that the game played a role off screen as well bonding time for some of the actors Bill Murray revealed on Grantland in 2014 it was really a lot of fun, and he shared a story. Or uh, let's see, whose whose story is this? Gibbs, actor Keith Gibbs, who was an extra on the film, told Grantland, "Quote: I walked in and it's Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, Alonzo Mourning, Charles Oakley, <laughs> Grant Hill shows up, Jerry Stackhouse. Now all of a sudden it's an NBA All Star pick pickup game every night in what they called the Jordan Dome, yep, which was where Jordan could keep up on his basketball skills, yep." 
Jordan hit a 35-footer on me. It was ridiculous. Leg out, tongue out, all that stuff. Hit a 35-footer on me and goes, get the blankety-blank off the court <laughs> oh, to nice. actor Keith Gibbs. Well, we're talking about Space Jam from 1996, rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes, starring Michael Jordan, Bill Murray, Danny DeVito, Wayne Knight, Billy West, who played Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, Sean Bradley, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, who else? They're all of them. If you played basketball in the 90s, you were pretty much in this movie. Lola. That was the first time she's ever been introduced. This too. introduced Lola? Yes, Lola. Bugs' girlfriend? Yes. This had a budget of $80 million and a worldwide gross of $250 million. Wow. That's big. The power of MJ. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 43%. Yeah. Fans, 63%. I expected yeah. it to be a little higher than that, right? Nah, it's because it's, it, it's more nostalgia that gets us liking this movie. Well, in case you don't know, in a desperate attempt to win a basketball match and earn their freedom, the Looney Tunes seek the aid of retired, at that time, basketball champion Michael Jordan. Because this took place in between when he retired, played baseball, and then came back. Uh, it, I think it was after all that, wasn't it? But it was kind of drawing from that, correct? 96, so he'd just come back. Yeah, it was. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you can still go to www.spacejam.com. I'm doing it right and now. And it is still the original movie promotional website <laughs> that can be found online exactly as it appeared in 96. Oh, my They gosh. have not changed it. It is the same. Right down to the little links at the bottom looking like MS-DOS. Yes, it's Amazing. What, what is Junior Jam? Can you play a game or something? I had no idea. Oh, my I, gosh. Look at this. Web, you guys, you've got to go to this website and play around because it looks like elementary school. This is, this is back when the, the internet was made first born. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's made with Mario. You know, you can build oh, with Mario. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. This, as I mentioned, this grossed over 200 and $250 worldwide. This is the highest grossing basketball film of all time, and it is also the highest grossing Looney Tunes film out of all the other eight. Wow. That makes sense. The power of MJ. We are running a little low on time. What else can you tell us? Let's get to this really quick. Talk about product endorsements. When Stanley comes into Michael's hotel room, I'm sure you know this part, he says, come on, Michael, it's game time. Slip on your Hanes, lace up your Nikes, take your Wheaties and your Gatorade, and we'll grab a Big Mac on our way to the ballpark. That's right. Isn't that awesome? Just check, check, checkity check. Yes. Now, No Blanc, which is Mel Blanc's son, the original Looney Tunes voices, was originally booked to provide all of the regular Warner Brothers male cartoon voices, but he and Warner Brothers, this is surprising, could not agree on a contract, so the studio replaced him. How do you replace them? You know, that's like a big deal right there. Yeah, but Billy West... Billy West is really, really good at voices. Yes. The director wanted Michael J. Fox to play Stan, but he was overruled by the studios. Jason Alexander and Chevy Chase were also considered. Now, speaking of Bill Murray, his jersey number was, do you know what it was? Uh, do you know? Do you know? Uh, 50-something. 22. Oh. <laughs> it's a nod to his film, Groundhog Day, oh, which okay. films which is uh, February, February 2nd. 2nd. yeah. Let's see. The U.S. VHS release included a collector's coin, which had the Toon Squad on one side and the Monstars on the other. And for about $25 on that eBay site, you can still buy that. Wow. If you want that coin. the uh, let's, let's I know we're up against it here. Towards the end of the basketball game, Daffy Duck asked Bill Murray, exactly how did you get in here? <laughs> right? Yeah. Which Bill responds, producer's a friend of mine. <laughs> he was referring to producer Ivan Reitman, which is a true <laughs> statement. They are 
good buddies. I love that. I think that's, <laughs> that's so fun. Funny. And of course, the movie pokes some subtle jabs at Disney. However, the uh, ironically, this would first air on TV as part of ABC's Wonderful World of Disney. They do poke some fun at Disney in this. If you haven't yep. uh, watched yep. it, you just watch for it and you can catch them. Yep. And as you mentioned, to keep Michael Jordan happy while filming, Warner Brothers actually built him a basketball court on set so he could use it whenever he wanted and on breaks. And NBA stars flocked to it. Absolutely. And they played pickup games, as you mentioned. Speaking of which, they did the same thing for LeBron of when course. they remade... The, the new one, the new Legacy Space Jam is coming out July 16th, I think. And you, one of Utah Jazz's uh, biggest stars right now actually went to the LeBron Dome. Really? And hung out and played there several times during the making of the movie. Karolinko? Rudy Gobert. Really? Spent a week and a half at the LeBron Dome helping LeBron and, and other NBA stars. I don't know if Donovan made it out there. I'm not sure. But I know Rudy posted about it. All right, Johnny. That's it for this week's edition. Well done. Rock on, man. Uh, it's not long enough. we got to get two hours at some point on this We, we need to. We <laughs> can keep going. Our thanks to you for listening. My thanks to Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back in one week's time right here on the Movie Zone.